Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Brett, and this week, Walker has cleaned out his Steam library by beating several games that he's had on Backlog and fulfills his side of a long-standing bargain between us. Holy crap, Walker, you beat some games recently. <laughs> this is the most condescending episode that I've ever been a part of. Like, and I'm a co-host. I'm not, but I'm being little brothered right now. Um, yeah, no, I actually, I did beat some games. I, um, over the, the holiday break that we took, I actually, I, so now I'm immediately going to not talk about a game. Immediately, We need some context. Right. And yeah, because otherwise it won't make sense for anyone. But no, so I, I, uh, I was, I, I took a vacation from my day job as well over our winter break. Um, and on the very first day of that vacation, um, there's this guy I follow on Instagram named Adam Grant. That's a workplace psychologist. Uh, he's an author and, and stuff too. But anyway, he has some pretty interesting um, thoughts and ideas that he shares. And, and I like him pretty well. And on this particular day, he had shared a... Um, a commencement speech from Harvard from, I think, 2019, maybe 17. I don't know. Sometime in the last few years. And the, it's probably this year. It's probably 2020. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Some <laughs> recent last year. 2020 <laughs> right. is still last year. <laughs> I know. I know. I just don't know why I'm trying to date it when I don't know. And it's irrelevant. Yeah. So uh, this guy, the commencement speech is about how we will. And he's like, he, he's talking about Netflix. Um, although I have this experience with my Steam library too, and the Netflix experience he talks about is where you pull up Netflix and you want to watch something, but nothing really looks good, and you browse for literally maybe half an hour, and then don't settle on anything, and then feel kind of gross about wasting your time, so then you just shut it off, and now you've literally wasted that 30 minutes and feel unsatisfied afterwards anyway. Right. And so he, he was arguing that like while the 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 excitement of possibility um, is certainly valuable that there's also something to be said for just picking something and committing to it. Right. And so if you were going to give 30 minutes anyway, would yeah. you rather give 30 minutes to something and know that you know, you don't want to finish it and know that that is a hundred percent crossed off your list. Then maybe is it pot then is maybe something a little bit better than that one. Right. And I'm someone who, I mean, that's how, that's the reason I have the steam library I have is because I'm constantly chasing the possibility of like, what if this one is the next factorio, right? Well, or what if this is bundle, right? Like <laughs> humble bundle is the humble bundle is, yeah. The reason for the, the, the enormousness of it, that's certainly true. But the reason that I buy games straight up as often as I do right. is because I'm constantly like, I don't gamble, but that is like the way I gamble. Right. Is yeah, like, those may, are maybe, tickets. It's, yeah, maybe this will be the thing that I don't sleep tomorrow night because I can't put it down. Mm -hmm. And it's very rarely that, <laughs> but sometimes but it has uh, been that in the past a few times. It has. It has. I get it. it. It's been there for me, too. So um, anyway, all of that was to say that. So I decided I was like, you know what? I'm really going to try and, and play some games and just finish them or right. at least at least get as close as I can. Now, if I hate it, I'm not going to do something I hate just for oh, the yeah. sake of crossing it off a well, list. Give it more than a five minute go. 
Well, or if my interest is just middling, push through that because okay. maybe it resuscitates, right? Maybe right. it comes back. Um, now, all of that long-winded explanation doesn't really apply to a couple of these that I'm going to bring up because they're like <laughs> 90 minute games. So there really wasn't that oh, much investment pushed through. Right. It was, I did it in a single session. Um, but yeah, so I guess the first one I'll bring up uh, is drum roll, please. The one that, that we have talked about the most, and that is gone home. Um, <gasps> right. Oh yeah. You, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you and I had made a deal a long time ago. We made a deal probably... before this podcast started. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I'm. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm like ninety percent sure because I've, because the Rocket League joke is older than. I'm pretty sure the Rocket League joke is older than the podcast. I mean, well, it wasn't a joke. You just refused to play. Well, yeah. and I wanted you to, but well, it became kind of. It became <laughs> an ongoing thing. <laughs> um, Either yeah, way, yeah. even if it's as old as the podcast, that's At still least. over. It. Yeah. Yes, at least. And, and yeah, I'm not trying to, to dispute that. I don't know, but a very long time and certainly something we've referenced on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you held up your end of the bargain and, and played Rocket League. Um, and and we've played 100 hours at least of Rocket Probably, League in the yeah. last three weeks or month yeah. or something. I don't know, a lot. Um, and so I was like, all right, I have to hold up my end of the bargain, which is, I will admit, the only reason that I did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Gone Home, for anyone that's not familiar, is a game that came out in 2013 and at the time was like praised a lot. Yeah. Um, got some, you know, I guess critical acclaim, you could say, um, which is interesting because it's a very small niche indie experience. I mean, it's not yeah. like Blizzard makes it. It's. There's not DLC, right? No. Like there's, <laughs> um, but yeah. So it, it, it to, again, just just to describe the premise, it's basically the the, the setup is is that you're a, a young lady who's returning from Europe, I think, is where you've been staying, and you're returning home to your family to the house. It's not the house you grew up in. Your your family moved since you left, right? And you're visiting the the new home now. And you've got a mom and a dad and, and a little sister. And um, and when you get to the house, no one is there. Right. And so you're trying to um, kind of understand, like, where where are people or something, I guess. And I don't know. Um, and yeah, so you kind of just walk through this house. But the game well, it's a, so it's a it's a first person perspective. Yeah. And and you definitely like walk up to the house in a thunderstorm. It's dark there and there's nobody there. And right. like that's kind of the setup the to set the like the mood and the feel. Yeah. And in the game, you're you, the, the game world is entirely the house. Like you can't right. go outside. There's no <laughs> there's no GTA. You know, you're not no hunger meters. No. You don't fast travel. Right. Um but anyway, so yes, yeah, so this is a game that, that had resonated with you. Now, you played it in 2013 or very close to then, I very think. Very close. Not at release, but I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure that it was kind of not like directly released alongside, but pretty close to uh, Brothers, uh, mm. A Tale of Two Sons. Mm. And both of them were getting critical acclaim. It was basically like it was on a lot of people's lists that like if you play two games this year, play Gone Home and Brothers. And yeah. I we had both played. I hadn't I didn't beat Brothers. You did. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I got it spoiled and I, I had gotten stuck in a part. I actually think I got a glitch or something and got stuck in a part um, and then kind of had the rest of it spoiled and then just went and watched YouTube videos to get the rest. But you had beaten it and I don't think we've ever talked about it in here, but you, you connected really well with it, which is why I was like, oh, well, if you like that, then everybody else likes this. So I'll play that because that's something that I haven't heard as much on. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Actually, the the brothers was released. Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons is the full title name. That was released about a month after uh, Gone okay. Home in 2013. Yeah. So yeah, real similar timeframes. Um, that's actually a really interesting game to compare it to, though, because I don't think that they are similar experiences. I think it was because all. they were. I mean, indie was. That's kind of. I don't know if to say prime indie is the right way to do it, but like. 2013 there's the indie scene is bustling it's it's pretty hopping but you're starting to get some more experimental things in Mm -hmm. indie so like not every indie title is just acclaimed because it's a a platformer not made by a triple a studio right Right. it's not mario exactly so like where the early indies were that the new indies were like now a small studio can make something that's weird and niche and get critical acclaim for being that now is that you're not just making an average platformer and so it wasn't that there was a direct comparison by like mechanics or story or anything they're two very different games i think it was just that they were both breaking the mold of what a game could be at a similar time in a time where not a lot of people like some indie games in the 2013 and prior area had broken the mold open but not not everybody was trying to. So I think that because they were kind of back to back, they got paired together a lot in news cycles as just being interesting experiences. Yeah, they're bef- they're definitely both. I mean, I guess I would say a theme that they have in common would be um, they're both pretty intimate family things, right? Like, yeah, brothers has no dialogue. So it conveys the story of family through the gameplay, which is why I would say I I separate the two pretty significantly because Gone Home very much tells everything through narrative. Yes. Um, The the gameplay of Gone Home is largely walking through the house and investigating different rooms and exploring different... I mean, you can open all the cabinets and the drawers and sometimes there's a thing in there you can interact with that... To say offers a clue is is kind of accurate, but the game isn't really. It's not like you're you're tasked with solving a some really huge mystery or something. Right. You know what I mean? It's not clue or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so why don't we start with with your? And again, I know it was a, a longer time ago that you played it, but what was talk about your impressions of it? And and I don't mean justify to me why you no, wanted no, me to no. play it, but like the thoughts that you had of it that you enjoyed that you thought. You know, I mean, whatever. I'll justify real quick is that I just wanted you to because because when you presented Rocket League, you definitely were like, I know you're probably not going to like this game and it's not your type of game, but I want you to play it anyway. Um, now, it turns out it just was my type of game and you were right that I would like it and that there was something there. And I think I think that my justification and I'm I, this is this is starting to come back now. So I think. I'm almost certain this goes back to before the podcast because I'm almost certain that this was a conversation that originated in a drive on a lunch break at work. 
Mm. Um, but that all aside, like I'm getting like f- memory flashbacks of, of trying to justify gone home to you. <laughs> but I think that my big reasoning was just that, like, I knew it was a game that you would never play. Like yes. just on your own, you would never go play this game. And I, I like, I wasn't certain that you were going to love it, but I really just wanted more or less to compare and contrast what right. would happen if we both played a game that we did not initially would never set out to play on our own. If the other person didn't like, basically if you're going to bet this game, I have to have a counter bet that is as equally as like, I'm not going to, or you're not going to do that as I feel about this. And mm-hmm. so I think that's where it all kind of came from. But um, I, so I, I really did. It, I, I'm not going to say that I like loved this game and, Oh my God, it was the greatest thing ever, but it was a very fun, a very interesting experience for me. I think it was a very novel experience to have. And especially at like the time, like 2013, 2014 kind of era. And I, I think like looking back now and after, and we've talked a little bit about some various things since, but like looking back now and trying to think about like how I'd best relate my experience. I honestly want to compare the first playthrough of gone home. If you don't know anything about the game, just go play it and come back like it's not a long game otherwise we're going to spoil the crap out of probably everything because walker beat it all and they're all old games so um spoiler warning for the rest of the episode there that's done (laughs) uh but it reminds me the most of like the first playthrough of mist okay and i say that not because and it is nothing and i can't say nothing but it is not as engaging like it's so weird the gameplay that it was uh, to me it it wasn't like breaking boundaries as much as it just subverted expectations constantly and that subversion was where a lot of the mystery and kind of the fantasy and the interest was for it because it's not a puzzle game but there are puzzles kind of and it's like it's not uh, it's not a visual novel but the story is all written and but it's not like a like a japanese anime visual novel kind of thing it's it's it, it just seems to take things that and t- use them in different ways that i found really interesting and to me it, it gave that kind of experience of like unlocking a new zone and then going into that zone trying to figure out why you're in this zone what's important about it what clues does it have and then taking those somewhere else to unlock the next place and so I feel like it was like a mist light in a more modern like like mist is a fantasy world with fantasy books and actually the real book series is great but it's all like a fantasy world and gone home really feels like something that could happen like ex- be a real experience that you could have while also still encapsulating that paranoia that you have of like you walk to your kitchen late at night when the lights are off and you see a shadow move in the corner in the corner of your eye or something and there's nothing there or it's a tree shadow in the wind or something right like that that sense of like natural paranoia and natural wonder that like there can be fantastical things and and mysteries that end up being mundane in the modern world that still kind of feel like they would fit in a fantasy trope I don't know if that explain if I'm doing a good job of explaining that at all, but that's kind of the experience that I, if I had to encapsulate it. 
Well, I mean, I think it is. I mean, yeah, it explains it, but I, I we have. I think I need to be. More, I want you to be more specific because what you're and we again we are just going to have to spoil some of it um, or all of it, whatever. But you know, basically, like you said, when you come home it's a thunderstorm and it's like 1 a.m. or something. Right. And to be clear, I think it's set in like 1999, whatever yeah, it is. It's set it's, in like the 80s, 90s kind of era. It's set before cell phones are a thing. Right. So that's why you can't just call your family and say, where are you? Yeah. Which would be, there could be no game if it was set yeah, exactly. <laughs> today. <laughs> then it, there would be a tragedy because three of your family members are unavailable and not home. Right. Something <laughs> is probably wrong. Um, but back then, you know, who knows? And so it does. So I agree with you that it does a good job of that tone and that kind of tension of of, of like, like of the 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 example that jumps to me probably the most is a scene that where you walk into the bathroom and there's red smear all in the bathtub and it's like, oh, someone was murdered here. Yep. And then you look over and on either the counter or maybe on the side of the bathtub, whatever, immediately, though, visible is a bottle of red hair dye. Right. right. And so then you realize, oh, that's probably hair dye. And the way the game's story kind of unfolds is as you find items that are, quote unquote, key items, there will then be like a narration from your little sister where yes. it's like a journal entry of hers that's explaining that in that case explains like they dyed their hair mm -hmm. and whatever goes along mom with and that. dad didn't like it or something but yeah anyway and right um so I, I i'm not so i guess my point is i'm not denying that that's true you're right that it does it does accomplish that it, it, so i also want to say that before i take a, a negative position on this <laughs> game that not every game is for every person yes which which is why, which ties into why gaming matters and, and why we do this show, because the whole point is that gaming has become so expansive and there is such a broad range of, of experiences available that they don't all have to appeal to everyone. Yeah. And I think this is an example of a game that I'm just not really the audience for. And I say that to say that while I'm now going to be critical of it, I don't think that it shouldn't exist or that people who enjoy it shouldn't. I'm not right. arguing from an objective place. I'm coming from the subjectivity of me that like, yeah, I didn't, it didn't resonate with me, but that doesn't mean that it's garbage. Right. right. Yeah. Now there are games that are garbage and I will say that mm -hmm. when that's the case, but this is not that this is just, it wasn't really for me. And, and so the reasons I would say it's not is because while it sets up all that tension that you're talking about in that way, um it, it it accomplishes it through the means that like a movie would right and there's not really anything gameplay wise that wraps it back in and it doesn't have to be the most compelling thing so that's why i love that you brought up brothers so brothers is also not like a mechanically demanding thing it's also a shorter game I mean, it's longer than gone home but right. it's it's not exceptionally long either but in brothers you play as both brothers mm -hmm. and throughout the game there are puzzles which again similar to gone home are, are light puzzles you're not yeah. playing through mist <laughs> right um or I even zelda it. really i mean yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah no fair fair it, it they're much more forgiving but 
in brothers, like there's mechanics where you control both brothers at once and each one is assigned to a different thumbstick. Right. And you have to like manipulate the thumbsticks in order to, to control both of them simultaneously, which to me is a way of through the gameplay demonstrating the connection and the dependency of the brothers, mm-hmm. which is also illustrated through the visual and the story movie and... elements of right. it. If you will. So I, I say that to say, obviously not, I mean, all games use the same stuff that movies do because it's a visual. Right. Yeah. So uh, again, that doesn't diminish gone home. It's more that they don't do anything with gameplay because the gameplay is just kind of walking around looking at stuff. Right. Um, I mean, I could argue that largely, like, I think that's why I relate it to Miss, though, and not to, like, not that like I'm trying no, to no. you should no. love it because of this. Like, uh, to be fair, Mist was a good game. I didn't I didn't love the game of Mist that much. I thought the books were much better. Um, well, it wasn't Mist something you played with your dad. So yeah, it was, like, there was a different experience there. Right. And I, I love that experience, but it wasn't like the game was like, it was cool because it was 3D in an era that the 3D didn't exist in games. Right. Uh, but it, but I think that the gameplay is very much the same. You walk around and look at things and get clues and use what you like. The most you do is enter something into a number pad. Like right. that's the highest level of interaction or click a lever and the lever shifts from on to off or something, you know? Yeah. So where I would where I would distinguish that is that so take a game like Civilization. I love the Civilization games. Right. They do not have compelling, quote unquote, mechanics. Right. Because it's all just. You're just looking at screens, lists of data, basically. Yeah, and they're fancy Excel sheets with buttons on them. Yeah, right. But I think that the decisions that civilization poses are yes. very interesting. And I, and I didn't play Mist, but my impression of Mist is that it was a lot harder to connect the dots. It is a lot harder. Yeah, I mean, but that's about the close as close as I could get. Well, and so that's what I would say is with Gone Home, like the fact that it is so... Um, forgiving in its puzzle elements and forgiving right. isn't even really the right word because it's not like there's a failure state <laughs> at any point but just the fact that it's like yeah like it's okay like you we you want you to figure it out way. yeah right there's only so many drawers in the house kind mm-hmm. of thing um i think that also takes away from the like okay well if there's not a mechanic then what's the decision and it's like well there's not really anything there's not really any brain work i'm having to do here i'm kind of right. just following along it's it's like an interactive movie or i guess it's like a choose your own it's like an interactive choose your own adventure novel but there's only one way to choose your adventure through it which just sounds like you read through a book but you can basically get lost for a while and come well, back. yeah the difference like, it's like uh, the difference with the choose your own adventure is maybe there's multiple endings right with right. this i don't think there is no 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 there's just the one there's the one story to tell but right. how you navigate through it is kind of a little more open like it's still probably a linear progression in the back end but you don't have to move from one to the next you, you just can meander about for a while right right yeah i mean i saw on steam one of the achievements was i think beat it in like under a minute or something so if you knew because there are so, like a few steps that have to be unlocked in a certain order right. like you have to find a certain key to open a certain room to find right. another key to open another thing so you do have to go through those in the in the correct order, but if you knew where to go, you could just yeah, you just right beat through. it right. Yeah. Um, so I will also say though that you know all that being said, I'm not mad that I played through it, and I'm 
ultimately glad that I that I did simply because it was such a cultural significant thing in in the world of gaming. Now, anyone who's <laughs> under twenty five is probably like, yeah, I don't I don't know about that, right? But to us boomer gamers, <laughs> I remember when it mattered. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's it. it 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 tells a story and the te- the story it tells is sweet and um and not scary right no one is getting murdered right. like, and and so it does make you feel like it for a while though like it does. For, the, for probably the first half of the game or so i was constantly under the impression that either a monster was going to get me or somebody was dead or i was going to find a body like and it almost reinforces that feeling multiple times before finally kind of letting go of it about halfway through. I'll, see, I'll actually say I actually thought until the very end that I was going like I thought I was going oh, yeah. to find a dead body in the last room that you go. Oh, OK, yeah, um, I wasn't I didn't look at it as a horror thing as much as I just thought the story was going to take this dark turn. Right. But it never takes. So I, I give them credit for for that to some extent, because that's something that a lot of games wouldn't do. Well, and I think again, I think it's that's setting up that subversion on the highest level. Yeah. Right. Like they subvert all of the little tropes to set up the big, sub, the big subversion, which is like, well, if they're breaking all these little tropes, it's going to get dark and it's going to be like, we're going to punch you in the gut with the emotional poor, sad dog moment or whatever, you know, right. and then they don't do that. And it just ends up being like, you get a reflect on it as like, well, that was just kind of a, not like deeply emotional, but like it was an emotional little experience. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that the, the reason that I w- wouldn't probably ever play it again and probably wouldn't wouldn't suggest it from my own personal taste. Um, again, like I said earlier, if someone likes it, awesome. Love you for liking it and, and hope you like it forever. Um, but it's because I think it really falls short as a as a game experience. And again, that's because for me, the thing that really compels me about games is like, what are the mechanics? You know what I mean? Rarely will a story do it. Now in brothers, the gameplay mechanics were interesting in a couple places. And I did appreciate that, but it really was largely like the art style in brothers is awesome. And the, and the story really did move me. So I'm not above that, but it has to be really well, really well done. Right again subjectively i have to feel i have to be really impressed and with gone home like it's it's sweet and nice but i wasn't i wasn't like man that's the craziest thing ever. right you know? i mean it, it, and it's also it is dated a little bit not just because it puts sets itself in the 90s but also just because seven years ago and indie studio it's not like the most highly graphically fidelity game like high fidelity but it's it looks pretty good and it looks great for seven years ago like right and no i, I I thought about that when I was playing. I was like, I wonder if when this came out, going and turning on a light switch like this was cooler than I think it is now. Maybe not a light switch, but I think the overall feeling of the game. And again, it's I I may just have some. I haven't replayed it since. And mostly because I don't I kind of don't want to. No, you shouldn't. Because I don't want to ruin even if I have fake memories about it. Like, I don't want to. Uh, the reason I say you shouldn't isn't even it has nothing to do with gone home. It's honestly because um, I I have gone back on emulators and played games from my childhood that I'm like, like Mega Man, where I'm like, oh, I love Mega Man. And it's like, I loved Mega Man when I was a kid. And that's when I loved it. I 
don't <laughs> I don't well you also can't subvert the same trope twice like once sure. you know that the the girl's not dead there's no mystery for that at all right and so the bathroom isn't a problem the father's novel that sound, looks like a journal at first and is all scary and isn't a journal it's just his scratch writings and storytelling that he's writing out like right. so like all of those tropes are just like i already know all of them so i'm not going to take the time to investigate them i'm not going to take the time to experience them i'm just going to look for the key and move to the next room like right right um, but yeah, so there we have it, though. I played through Gone Home uh, and beat it, um, and I have now fulfilled my end of the bet. Yeah. <laughs> we will never bet on anything ever again. <laughs> it took, I don't know, five years? <laughs> it didn't take that long after one person fulfilled the end of it. Like, if I had oh. played Gone Home three years ago, I think you would have played Rocket League three years ago. I probably right? would have, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't mean that as a shot at you, oh, like, because okay. you finally... <laughs> carried the weight i just mean like you would have caved first i would have gotten three thousand more hours of rocket league all right like <laughs> <laughs> right um so yeah so, so um, yeah what what else what else did you beat so the next thing i want to move to is um a game called dawn of man um which is a uh, kind of like a banished uh, or a, um, oh, what's one that factory town isn't really right. It's a, it, it, we've tried, we've struggled for so long to define this genre, but it's like a city builder settlement builder. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a city builder. It's not a world builder. It's a, like a small settlement builder. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's not city skylines. Or right. Something, like right? a village builder. Yeah. <laughs> what is, the, the technical terms for township. It's like, you got to figure out how, what's the population cap to be able to call it a city builder. <laughs> like Right. Right. So Dawn of man, uh, as the name somewhat implies is it, it, it starts in prehistoric time and then goes through the iron age is, kind of the the timeline of the game if you will um so it's the it's the view that you would probably expect kind of a top down you know it's a 3d world or yeah so a little isometric but you can zoom in to a close level and like see pretty good detail on stuff um so the things that kind of separate it from a lot of the other games of this ilk um would be that it you don't like in a lot of these games you assign a certain villager to a certain job so you build a woodcutter station and then tom the villager is now a woodcutter and some of the games have skill levels where they become a better woodcutter and some don't but whatever you're assigning an individual to a job right and a lot of like dwarf fortress or uh uh what's the one yeah yeah any of those yeah right so in this instead what you do and the game explicitly walks you through its its logic on this is you define zones where you want something to happen so if there's rocks in an area then you could say gather stone from this area right there's trees in an area gather wood if there's a river gather water or fish from this area and then you can set how many villagers at a time could could be doing that task maximum, right? 
Okay. So it doesn't, if you set it to four, it doesn't mean that there will always be four people doing that task. It means that it will never assign more than four to do the okay. task. Yeah. And then you have supply limits just in a menu where you set a limit of how much you want of a thing. Oh, okay. So if you want five fish and you have zero and four people can go fish, then it'll probably try to get to four if it can. Right, exactly. But it, but it's going to stop fishing once, once you have five. five fish. Yeah. Right. And, and depending on how busy people are or whatever, if you drop to four fish, maybe it goes and sends one person to, to get it back up to five. Like it doesn't always wait till you get to zero necessarily. Right, right. It kind of prioritizes things. Yeah. But so it, it, it's kind of nice because it kind of or, or, nice isn't really the right word, but it's interesting because it frees the player from micromanaging that to that level right, right? You're not you're now not having to worry about do i have enough villagers to assign to all these buildings because all the buildings don't have to be active at one time or right. all the work you're more or less telling the village what to do instead of telling every building or every villager what to do right you're basically through a, a more in a more complicated way building a priority list yeah effectively um so then what you actually end up spending a lot of your time doing is you're trying to unlock technology. Well, technology unlocks come by you basically ac accomplishing in-game milestones, which there's a menu that you can hover over and it tells you. Okay. So those milestones might be like when you can build a, a tanning rack for like hides or whatever. You, you can build like it unlocks and you could build one. Well, the milestone is build three. And if you build three, then you get five technology points for having built okay. three tanning racks. Now you can't do that indefinitely. There's just one, you know, level. Yeah, you only that. get that once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So there's the buildings, but obviously those run out because it's not like there's infinite variety of buildings to build. Mm -hmm. So then where it goes is the next thing would be creatures because there's a whole enormous ecosystem of wildlife. So how I, I a couple yeah. questions before we get there. So one, like I, you kind of answered this one. So you are placing buildings and then the villagers like go construct them like a uh, like age of empires kind of thing. Um, I, I guess the, that was kind of my question. You're bringing up the world is like, how big is the world size? Like how big is the map that so you're playing on? It's, it's a little deceiving. So whenever you start, you see this giant world map and you can pick all these different starting locations and it it's like oh wow like is this all connected the answer to that is no okay um so if you start in the mountains and you could also start down in the other opposite corner of the map in the river if you start in, in the mountains you can't go you can't get to the river right. in the opposite corner that's fair so it's kind of it's kind of biome and it's also just kind of like what the terrain you like want to be like level almost kind of a, a little yeah um and so then once you're in the world like if it, it, when you start playing it feels like wow this is like an infinite world or something hmm. it's not once you once you grow and expand a bit more you end up finding the edges of the map now okay. to be clear my my village or settlement or whatever never reached like take the, up the whole the, map no not even kind of so yeah. it, it it on the one hand it's not like it's some massive thing on the other hand it's certainly big enough for what the game is it doesn't okay. feel confined or you don't feel like eh, i wish this was a bigger map at least i didn't 
I mean, this may end up going off tangent, so I hope you know, reel me in if we go too far. But like, if you did like a mountain start, can like, I guess, are you are you going to progress the same no matter what, or are you going to have like more stone buildings than hide buildings because you have more stone than deer or something? Um, it, it would be that would be true. I mean, the thing is, is that it's technology, right? So like, right. wood upgrades into stone upgrades into whatever okay so ultimately you're probably going to have the newest the latest and greatest eventually it would be more just kind of what yeah what you have access to easily so if you start in the mountain yeah maybe creatures aren't as prevalent or maybe plant life isn't as prevalent or maybe right. the water is harder to get to um is the technology tree like stagnant then where you start with one and branch all the way out from there or are there multiple starting points like you don't have to start with wood to unlock animals or something. No, you, yeah, you, you do. Cause it's a, cause okay. you're starting at like 10,000 BC. Gotcha. So you start with nothing and then build up through time again, okay. through the, so the like iron single, age. But is it like, is it linear or do you get like branching paths that you can kind of pick and choose your way through? Yeah. I mean, you could, so as far as technology, you have some flexibility in like what you unlock in what order. Okay. Because so the way it works, you're gonna get all of it probably, or most all of it, but you have some choice. So the way it works is you start out, and I don't remember what the ages are called, but like you start out in the ten thousand BC, right? Age, and you have to unlock everything in that tree to move on to the next. Ah, level. okay, okay, okay. That makes right? sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so that's what I mean is like, but then the order of which you unlock things within an, a given age is up to you okay. to decide. Well, so you cool. could say I want to have stone spears or something, you know, whatever, better right. weapons or or bo better bows or slings, and I'm going to prioritize that over my structures being upgraded first. Right. Okay. Okay. Um. And so, what I was and the the, the reason that I ultimately came to understand the, the size of the map is because there are seasons in the the world okay. and a day and night cycle. Nice. And the animals, and there's tons of animals. It's probably the most, the biggest representation of wildlife that I've ever seen in a, oh, certainly wow. a game like this. I mean, maybe Zootopia or something right, has right, more animals, but <laughs> but it's an enormous amount. And I mean, it's everything from woolly mammoths to wolves to deer, but it's not just deer, it's elk and caribou. And like, there's all sorts of, all sorts of That's reindeer. Cool. And the animals... So the animals migrate and move around at different seasons, first of all, and they have different uh, difficulty isn't the word I want to use danger ratings. Okay. So like when you start out in 10,000 BC, you see woolly mammoths, mm. but if you try and fight woolly mammoths with your wooden sticks, it will kill you. And right. it, I mean, it would kill your whole village if you had everyone attack it. So you have to be careful about what animals you engage and like maybe there's some deer over there, but there's also some wolves between you and the deer right. and you don't want to cross the wolves because if they jump you early enough in your game, they'll just again, they'll just kill your people. Right. Um, so you spend a lot of time kind of perusing the map and looking for different creatures because again, the technology points will be like you need to kill five boar. Right. And then, but with the animals, unlike the structures, there are multiple tiers. So it's like kill five boar, now kill 25 boar, now right. kill 50 boar. 
so based on where you're at in the tech tree, if you're trying to to get to the, you know, you're really close to a next unlock, I found myself kind of like looking through to see if I was close on any animal to unlocking mm-hmm. a milestone and then hunting for that animal specifically. Right. But that may force you to go around the wolves and behind the woolly mammoth and explore right. some corner of the map to find an angle on some boars to kill them or whatever. Right. Exactly. Um, or just wait for the wolves to move. Yeah. Right? wait for them to move on and i don't know it so it, it was interesting though because i've never in a city builder like that you actually spend a lot of time looking for resources out of the city right versus micromanaging the people in the city which huh. is how most of those play. yeah yeah yeah. so i guess i have like two, two other questions kind of boil one is like i i quickest one is like how long is the day night cycle it's like five minutes is like 20 minutes like how long does a season take like yeah i would guess is i would guess you probably get through the seasons within an hour okay i'm i'm spitballing it right 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 uh, someone can google and prove me wrong but i would guess you get through the season a season 15 20 minutes ish okay uh, well i don't know because the day night cycle i mean to be clear you're not playing through a 365 day year. right of course of course so maybe the seasons are a little longer than that but the day and night is also not exceptionally long but also not five minutes like it doesn't it's feel not like flashing across the screen the sun exactly. flickering back and forth yeah yeah exactly exactly okay that's fair um and then my other was is really like how is your is is there any interaction level with like opposing tribes or trade or is there like of course you can fight animals it sounds like but if you're moving up to the iron age like animals kind of probably become less of a thing to worry about and i would think that other people would probably be the thing that you'd be more worried about yeah so it it does it it, it's based on a certain age once you hit a certain age like it'll tell you like hey before you unlock the technology in this next age right make sure that you have defenses ready and weapons for your people because raiders are now going to become a thing. Uh, okay. And so, yeah, you do get raided by uh, villagers from opposing tribes. Um, and yeah, there is a merchant as well. A trader will come and visit and go to effectively the, the your town center or whatever. And, and then you can click on them and, and trade. I, I don't know why game games will never let trader AI trading just be fair. Like <laughs> if my fish is worth two, when I give it to you, right. why is it worth one when you give it to me or whatever? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why do I always have to hook you up AI trader? Um, but that is that, that, but anyway, yeah. So there is a trader. They don't always have something that you need per se. Um, but yeah, I found myself using the trader on on occasion, like right on. maybe we need, you know, more wood and I, don't have any songs and no wood right exactly um and it is cool because the traders don't put weird limits like it's not like the trader will only take two fish from you right so if you do have a stockpile you can use that to you know buy stuff back or whatever which is cool um and yeah the rating the rating villagers i was impressed with because that's something that's missing from almost all of these games Mm -hmm. is any sort of real external threat which in this is presented by both animals and because the animals will just sometimes wild animals will just attack your camp like a pack of wolves might venture close and then they just attack um so yeah i I really appreciated that now a few other games that i've played that are in this vein maybe have you build a military and then you send it out 
Yeah. But you're sending it out in a menu. There's no, mm-hmm. you don't see, there's no fighting or anything. Whereas in this, it's full. You build a wall, you build towers, you can build platforms behind the wall. Your people get up on it with bow and arrows. And I mean, there's a fight that you get to watch cool. play out. Cool. So yeah, I appreciated that. Is it so like, do you ever raid other cities? No, that so that's again where the, where it runs that up into the limitations apart. of these yeah. games is the, the other cities are not represented anywhere. The other raiders are not. There's no political interaction with them okay. where you can convince them to not raid you. It frankly felt kind of like a, I don't know if it's literally a timer or in or a timer that yeah, has some RNG built into it. Yeah, I mean it's um, still a nice addition to see. Like oh, totally. I and then I guess. I, the other thing that I'm curious is like kind of a combo question is, I guess, difficulty compared to banished and do the seasons murder you? Because um, I feel like those go hand in hand for yeah. those that play banished. They know. <laughs> right. so, no, it's not as hard as banished because I beat the game in my okay. first playthrough, okay. um, which is about 15 hours. So not okay. a not a tiny amount of time not like not not a two-hour game but also not a 60-hour game so right um but because of the different biome starts and there's different difficulty things you can choose to start with like certainly could be interesting to play through again and it would be a different experience even though it's going to be the same tech tree and stuff okay um because the landscape would be different and that that alone would shift right you built and whatever you know um so no, it's not as hard as Banished. So similar to Banished, though. So it also your your civilization. The way that you obtain people is if you have enough open housing. So you have to have vacant rooms, basically, right. and their amenity level is high enough so that basically the people aren't miserable. Then on some schedule, uh, new recruits to the village may show up. Okay. So. You can expand your population that way, and then your population also has children. Okay. Um, sim- also similar to Banish, the people age. Okay. So they can just die of natural causes. They also can be killed by raiders or killed by wild creatures or, or whatever. Mammoths yeah. or whatever, right? So um, so it is oh. like Banished in that way where you're... I'm sorry? I was just going to say old Jimmy went fishing, got eaten by a megalodon, you know. Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there were some sad stories for my people at different times. But, <laughs> but but did Mary hoard all the food and starve your entire village? No. <laughs> Which is what happened in Banished for anyone that... I don't know if I've told that story on the pod or not, but... Um, oh, anyway, man. so... So, yeah, like you're um, now I've lost my oh, the seasons. So. So they're not as punishing as banished, but yeah, like winter, like, I mean, you get you get an achievement, I think, for surviving the first winter. Um, <laughs> That's and all, maybe, that is, that any game should like don't starve should give you an achievement for surviving the first winter, because good Lord, maybe the fact that I played banished steeled me to to be hyper prepared right I will, I will hoard all the food and make right. sure it's not all in mary's house because <laughs> so the way that it works i mean you don't plant crops to begin with because it's too early in right. the you know the time of man so when you first start the way that you get food is either collecting like berries from bushes or fruit from trees but those only come in the the spring or summer or fall or whatever 
so they're not there all the time it's an endless resource um and then and then yeah hunting and fishing is largely where you're at at the beginning so yeah you have to stockpile you have to stockpile stuff right um and if you don't i think it could wipe you out but i didn't find it too hard to have enough resources to to make it i guess well that's good as long as you're cognizant of it it's not right yeah yeah but it so i think the game does a really great job of striking a balance between making you feel like you could lose because you can yeah and yet also not being as like in banished you could lose in banished three hours before you actually lose right because you haven't managed the the child population well enough. Right. And eventually your people age and die. And now you don't have enough children to repopulate that infrastructure of just society. So there's not enough people to operate all the buildings, which again, this gets away from because you're not having to assign that right. person to a stone cutter. So even if you have dips in population, they can still kind of make it. Work. Everybody can do every job still. So exactly, exactly. Uh, which I, yeah, again, I really appreciated. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a really neat game. It was something that I had seen. So it, it used to be on Epic exclusively oh, okay. and I had seen it there. And at least I think that's true. And I'd seen it there and I thought it was interesting, but I don't know, just whatever. And then it was on steam sale. And so I was like, you know, I've been looking at this for a while and I haven't played a city builder, a new city builder that I really loved in a while. So I'll yeah. give it a shot and, yeah, it was it was really cool. And it's cool too. like mammoths go extinct at a certain. That's that's cool. I was kind of I was kind of wondering that, like, right. And like at the be- very beginning of the game, you don't see what we now like, like a white tailed deer or whatever, like right. there's reindeer. But then eventually, like those go away and then it is replaced by the more modern deer. Or like cool. there's saber tooth tigers at the beginning. There's there's not at the end. Right. So it, it does a really good job of capturing the eras that it's trying to, to kind of walk you through. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so is that, so like overall, so I guess, so my, I have two final questions. One, I mean, you beat it. So congratulations. And I guess yeah. beating it is just kind of getting to the last age or. Yeah. There's, there's not a definitive. I didn't, I don't, uh, at least unless my memory is not serving me correctly. Uh, I don't believe there is a definitive like game over screen like win. Basically, what happened was I had unlocked all of the technologies and there weren't any more new milestones because I had built all the buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went and looked. So I got I got my population to about 200. Okay. And I I actually just went and Googled, like, how big can you make a settlement? Yeah. And I found the game developer on I don't know if it's their site or a blog or what, but whoever makes the game had said that. about 200 was where you could get now it's not a hard limit right but with age and attrition from just random deaths from animals and whatever and fighting about 200 is really where it kind of caps out and i found myself fluctuating between like 180 to maybe 215 and it was just bouncing but it wasn't really going beyond that right so that's fair um and then lastly i guess really is like I mean, was it just kind of an enjoyable experience or was there something about this game that really mattered to you? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, the thing is, is when it, when it, when it comes to why gaming matters, I mean, it's, it, it's not always that it's some like 
deep philosophical and epiphanistic is a word right, I think you right. today moment as much as it's like it's a really well-made game it's very art visually it's very compelling it looks really good the ui is well done it has it introduces unique mechanics into a genre that's pretty well established at this yep. point and has unique enough spins that it feels like a different game while at the same time I know what it is still. Yeah, you're not you're not having to figure out the entire game. You understand some the concepts that's going to throw at you, but the way it throws them at you is all you have to kind of pick up on. Right. But yet also introduces enough new things like the wildlife stuff that I've never seen in any other game. Yeah, usually yeah. you get like pig, chicken, maybe a lizard of some kind, a couple right. maybe a fantasy creature or something if it's a fantasy game or a few real world creatures like a cow. Uh, right. Maybe well, but, and so eventually you do, you also get into that. So there's the wild animals, but eventually you get, you do get domesticated animals. Oh, that's awesome. And you get, and you eventually unlock like, like, uh, carts and then you can attach a horse or a donkey and now it pulls nice. it. So, so people can transport stuff. Cause like when you very first start, everyone just carries stuff with their hands. Well, then you eventually right. unlock the technology of a sled and now your people can use a sled and pull stuff around and then that upgrades into a cart. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's fun in that way. And, and yeah, it just, it, it presented a lot of in the same way that civilization does just a lot of what I felt like were compelling or interesting decisions where again, there certainly is a failure condition, right? But I don't, I'm not also like frustrated by the difficulty. It's not so it. brutal that you don't have any time to enjoy. Like, I guess that's kind of the, the, the last, last, last thing. I yeah, yeah. Like, uh, are uh, like, did you find yourself enjoying the, in, the, the enjoyable distractions? Like, Oh yeah. Was it, oh, was yeah. it lots of time zoomed in watching little guys run around with sleds and carts and. Yeah. Or, well, and, and so the, the way that it handles like spirituality, religion aspect of society okay. is like you first, you can build totems. And then once you get the sleds and stuff, there's these giant, basically stonehenge rocks, for right. lack of a better way to explain it. And you find those kind of littered throughout the world. And so then you have to assign people to go and dig those out so that they're accessible and then build a sled to get them on and then sled them to a construction place where you build Stonehenge like structures or whatever. Right. And yeah, tons of time because that stuff gets scattered all through the world. So, I mean, there's some in this starting area, but then right, you have to kind right. of go out to find more. And yeah, watching them go out and bring that stuff back and watching them get mauled by a bear when they're trying to bring it back. And <laughs> now villager number 178 has to go out and get the sled because mm -hmm. 177 got eaten by a bear. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a really, it's a really cool game. I was, I was really, yeah, I mean, I'm, I I'm, I'm not just asking these to ask them. I'm interested in, yeah. In asking the things that i would want to know <laughs> like because yeah. I, I did take a look at it some and it's like eh, it looks like a maybe but i think that banished did tarnish a lot of banished and some anno but i like anno one of the future annos so 2270 or something uh of like 10 years ago between anno and banished i played them both kind of around the same time and i just got burned on builder wow. style games like i just i was like no i don't want i apparently don't like these anymore <laughs> if this well, so, is where we're gonna go i'm glad that you brought up the, so anno 1800 i think is the most recent anno and man it does so much right like it is it is 
it is so good in so many ways. Like it's a really, really cool builder. It might be, it might be my favorite one, except I'm, I'm not smart enough or it's not intuitive enough or probably somewhere in the middle of those things. It, I always get to a point where like banished something happens where all of a sudden I can't produce enough sausage for the people. Yep. And then that leads to them being unhappy. And then because they're unhappy, they no stop producing people. sausage and, and, you and now they stop producing oh. shirts and now they stop. And it's like, Oh, come on. You made yourselves depressed. If you right. had just gotten up and dealt with the porridge for a few days, you would have had sausage back. <laughs> right. But I, I continue to go back to Anno. I go back to it every 1800, at least every couple of months, probably. I'll, I'll, I'll give it another whirl because that game does a lot right. It was um, it was one of the future ones. And I think yeah. I had gotten to a point where like my island was too small for me to build more. And now I had battleships to manage and combat to deal with. And it it started adding too many. Mecha- I was like, this is, I can't, as much as I think I want a city builder that's also an RTS, that I also have to, I don't want skitty, city skylines and Call of Duty in my game. Like, the, I don't want to manage the water system and the power system while also having to have an army. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I would I, I would agree with that. I think the one you played, I also played was 2070. And yeah, it, it wasn't that great. Honestly, it soured me on the Anno franchise. I was like, oh, I don't like that franchise. Right. And then 1800. 1800 Maybe I'll have to is, that one a world too, then. It's pretty, pretty great. Um, so real quickly, there's one other game that's very small. I want to mention that I, I completed. Uh, it's a game that you talked about. I don't know, sometime since the podcast came out. Uh, (laughs) And instead of describing it in great length, I will invite people to dig through our backlog. And if you can't find it, just listen to every episode until you find it. And that'll work. You will eventually find it. Um, But that game is Donut County, um, which is one of the weirdest games that I have ever played. Ever. Ever. Um, <laughs> the the number of facial expressions you had to get through just to make that sentence happen. I know <laughs> listeners can't see that, but uh, that was that I couldn't interrupt that. That was <laughs> so. Again, a more detailed breakdown is available on another episode where, where Brett talked about it. But in very quick summary, and probably unfairly to some, well, no, you can't be unfair because it's not that complicated. You. <laughs> The, the game mechanic is you control a hole that sucks objects into the ground. Well, f- objects fall into it. Doesn't, it's not like it's a vacuum. But the hole is only so big. So whenever you're, you enter a level, you might have to start by like sucking or having bricks, moving the hole under some bricks to fall in. And then the hole, every time something falls in it, the hole gets bigger. And so eventually you're, you're taking in larger and larger items. Um, and there's a little bit of like physics simulator kind of fun silliness with it um, where, you know, different things break apart in silly ways or, or something, I guess. And then it something falls apart because the bricks were holding up the side of a, a piece of wood or something that now falls over. And Right. Um, but anyway, basically, you're a raccoon that creates holes all over the place in the little town you're in. And ultimately, 
sucks the entire town down into the earth. Mm -hmm. And so the game is like everyone sitting around a campfire in this hole in the ground telling the story of their... So each level is like each individual character, which they're all anthropomorphic animal characters, telling their story of the situation they were in when the hole came to their house. And Yeah. Right. Um, and the, and they're all blatantly accusing the raccoon of being responsible for their plight. He denies it constantly and is like flippant with them. Um, between levels... All of the items you sucked into the hole are then available in like a, I can't think of the word now. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, codex is the word I was yeah. trying to think of. That's the gaming word for encyclopedia. Oh, yeah. right. But it's like, yeah, it's like a codex of the items and it lists what the item actually is. And then has, as one friend put it, popsicle stick jokes about that item. So really corny kind of jokes. It's just a really weird game. Like I now understand after having described it just now that I have not in any way done justice to how weird of a game <laughs> it is. And I don't know that I can other than just to emphatically say that it's so weird. But it is also cute and fun. It is and, and it's got a, it's got its own unique little art style to it. Um, and there's more there's more to it than just stuff falls in a hole like there are puzzles there are some other game mechanics and like there's not a I mean, not a lot more You're, <laughs> with the facial expressions he's like glaring into me there's <laughs> like they're not no no you're right you're right it, it's not just it's it stuff falls in a hole and then eventually you can shoot stuff back out of the hole so you've got right. to shoot something out to hit a lever to activate some Rube Goldberg machine that then puts something else in the hole and similar to gone home it very much like expects you to succeed you right. know what i mean um but again it's also not a five hour experience i think i played it for an hour or maybe 90 minutes and and beat it right. um and yeah it was definitely a one day beat for me like oh, i played yeah. half of it got a snack came back and beat the other half like that was a 15 minute break was all i needed to beat that game but I would actually say that it's it's actually something that as far as why gaming matters, like as as weird as I insist that it is and as whatever <laughs> satisfying yet unsatisfying, because what is this? I do love that it was made because because it is so weird. And I mm -hmm. love that it's it's it is someone's art. Yeah, it is unabashedly weird. It is not trying to sell to any target audience. No, it doesn't care. There isn't a target audience. It no. was someone's passion project. It's it's more than an itch.io jam session game and less than a full-blown indie title with a marketing team behind it. Right. Yes. And it I mean, and it's got a sense of humor to it. Like a lot of the dialogue is quippy and funny and whatever. Um and yeah, I I mean it it, it it's funny because it's very much art honestly in the same way that Gree is yeah but in an entirely different way <laughs> just going after the emotion of silliness and childhood whimsy instead of depression <laughs> well and just like i mean Gree is like mind-blowing with some of the art yeah. in it and just the beauty of it and donut county doesn't really achieve any in any area that height of accomplishment i don't think um but yeah, I, I appreciate that 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 someone got to make that, and I think I got it in a humble bundle. So, or I think it's on oh, Xbox Game Pass now. 
Oh, that's right. That's what yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't pay extra for it either. So I'm I feel happy about that. If as you well. want a quirky, weird, odd little one day hour and a half after work, yeah, odd little thing. Um, yeah, go go pick up Donut County. If you find yourself screaming in League of Legends lobbies on a regular basis, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. yourself a favor and play Donut County. Yeah, just go play Donut County all the way through because there's there's more to it than just the first level. There is you. You'll still scream in the lobbies afterward. It won't solve any of your yeah. problems, no. but it'll but be it, a nice respite. You'll get away from it for a bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I actually have, I actually have beaten one other game, but we will save that for another episode. So sounds good. Cool. So that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee over at ko-fi.com slash P-U-Y-S pod or just tell a friend about us. It really does make a difference. All of our links and social accounts are available in the show notes. And if you'd like to hear more from either of us outside of gaming, my other podcast, The Walk Show, talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests. And Brett's podcast, Dungeons and Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought.